from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 613, Traditional and Modern Device Management, with guest Jeremy Moskowitz, recorded Monday, October 15th, 2018. Run As Radio is produced each week by Quap Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio, bringing back one of my friends, Jeremy Moskowitz, who is now a 15-year MVP in group policy and desktop management and is the founder of MDM and GPAnswers.com, as well as PolicyPack Software, a regular sponsor of Run As Radio. And since becoming one of the world's first MCSEs back in the day, he's performed active directory and group policy planning and implementations for some of the nation's largest organizations, and his group policy masterclass training and GPAnswers.com site is rated one of the 20 most useful microsite sites for IT professionals by Computer World Magazine. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's been too long. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, you know, we get busy and, you know, you circle back. Got a new version of Windows. That's exciting. I have it. Do you? Well, I have the version that was yanked. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> well, 1809. It works. There's still some shaky areas, but yeah. I did the upgrade that people were afraid of and didn't explode my test boxes. I believe people that it exploded their test, yeah. it exploded their real boxes. But for me, it worked just fine. And, you know, we did the show in, in the summer about this Windows update problems. And I have yeah. been poking at various members of the Windows team to say, I think it's time you came on the show and sort of talked about this a bit. And they're like, just hang on. We, we've got a couple of things. We want to be able to announce it. I'm like, that's fine. You know, when you're ready, we'll tell the story. And then this next round where they actually pull the update. And, you know, poor Susan Bradley's like, what does it take? What does it take? This stuff really needs to work. Fair enough. I mean, look, Windows is still the way that we all work, right? In other words, like you, you go to a company and you look at what they're using on their desks to do real grown-up work, and it's yeah. it's still Windows. It's not optional. That's the truth. No, no, they're not. They're not running around with a with an Android tablet as their grown-up work machine. They're using Windows, and Windows needs to be reliable. And yeah. as such, Windows is still it. The occasional CTO wants to be able to explore reporting via an iPad. That's fine. But, you know. That's an app. Yeah. That's fine. Totally. We're, we're talking about grown-up creation work. We're not talking yeah. about exploring. Yeah. We're talking about creation work. And for me, for you, for I think most of the folks that we encounter, uh, the people who, who make stuff, uh, there's nothing wrong with, with carrying around a MacBook. I'm using, I'm using PC and Macs as like, you know, those are the things we use to create content. Sure. You can do stuff on iPads too, but it's harder. But it's harder. And it's, and it's not necessarily, like I said, for creating new things. Where do you fall on this whole update crisis? There's lots of folks that are pushing, and Susan Bradley was one of them, on the twice a year is too often, that it's just not feasible for us to do all the testing we need to do and to be confident to roll out a new version. And it's just, they're putting us in an impossible situation. I think the jury has spoken. I think that mere mortals, and I take myself as one of them, which mm-hmm. is to say, like, I'm an IT admin, and I think about these things, and like, I'm just, I'm just one man. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's hard for teams to to take on the torrent of new of new rollouts in, in as fast as it's coming. Yeah. 
That being said, I've read some other people's opinions. They're like, no, man, bring it on. We've got it. It's working great. Once we're cooking with gas, the train is out of the station. And I understand both opinions. It's like, sure. oh, yeah. Once you've got it done and dusted, you're good. Just keep, just keep them coming. I get that. But I also understand people who are just like, well, dude, we have to like, we have to back test our main things. And not to mention sometimes when things break from an upgrade perspective, that's very problematic. I understand both sides of it. I, I really do. I do think that it's been a little bit adjusted with this idea that there's now it's twice a year and they have this slightly different cadence about when things are going to fall out of schedule finally. But ultimately, I think it could be tweaked even further. I'm not sure I have the right methodology yet of what that would look like, but I do agree that for the most part. It's probably a little too fast for most organizations at this time. Maybe maybe it'll chill out a little bit. You know, over over in the dev world, we're playing with this these DevOps mentalities where we literally want to push out a feature a week. Yeah. And I think that twice a year is too fast for traditional methods and not fast enough to get the benefits of this sort of DevOpsy continuous roll-up mindset because you're still making big enough changes that you break things. But those rapid fire updates only work with really well organized automated tests. And I wonder if Windows is beyond testable except in the field. I can't speak to if that's true or not. Obviously, they, no, nobody shares <laughs> their plans with me. But I think ultimately, like as IT administrators do need to do the 80% test instead sure. of the 100% test. Yeah. What I mean by that is like, I think sometimes people get bogged down in terms of like, well, we have to test it all, or we can't move on to the next big thing. Right. Well, that's cutting off your nose to spite your face, right? There's going to be in the next version of Windows or next version of whatever it's going to be, whatever that technology is, there's going to be new security, new features, new things that are going to be important to have. And to say like, look, we can't be fully baked until the whole thing is tested end to end. Well, just test the top 80% of the things that you need to and the rest of the you know 20% stuff you can figure out on the other end. Or you can, of course, do phased rollouts, which will give you the ability to like know across a population, okay, 100% of stuff is validated by a percentage of our people. Right. Yeah, before we actually break everybody or move to everybody. Exactly. We do have to change. The current state of things is not enough. I don't think we're sophisticated enough as the consumers of this stuff. And I think that Microsoft's current model is, is too difficult for us to handle. But that's a different show. Yeah. Well, they're making it a little easier than ever now, which is to say uh, at Ignite, they actually made a, an announcement to say that they're taking a, a service that we've known before from called Windows Analytics. Now they're calling it Desktop Analytics. So the idea is that they're going to give us a roll-up of like what is happening out in the field. And if I've right. got my story straight, it actually works all the way backward to Windows 7. So you can know kind of in a one-stop shop fashion, like who's got what on their machines and what patch level do we have and so on. Nice. So it's like, I think they are heading down the right road in that way. And I actually think that this service is, is one of those that I would look to folks to, to start thinking about in a modern way as maybe their very first cloud service. Like if you're, if you're afraid of the cloud stuff and I can understand where people are. Sure. This is not a bad one to get started on. There's low barrier to entry. It's free. It tells you some interesting stuff. This one feels like a no brainer. Yeah. No. And, and you're right. IT services in the cloud that can have a view into your on-premises infrastructure, that's a great experiment to first level into the cloud, where it's just like, these are services you don't want to run internally anyway. And they certainly have no sovereignty issues. Yeah, I mean, who who wants to spin up another dashboard yeah. thing? <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about Windows management because you are all about Windows management. That's the name of the game for me, man. Yeah. I mean, and, th and for me, I like the idea that there's 
kind of like two worlds out there now. There's mm-hmm. like traditional management and there's modern management. Okay. And what, what defines the split between the two? Well, I, I would argue that traditional management would be things like on-prem active directory, sure. on-prem group policy, on-prem SCCM, third-party things that snap into those to help, you know, to, to make those more awesome. Right. And then the modern management thing would be, well, trying to slowly either augment or in some cases walk away from those systems to have less on-prem infrastructure and do more of the make it somebody else's problem kind of thing. Like, right. it's not my server. <laughs> if it goes wrong, I'm sure some amazing person at Microsoft or whatever will fix that server without me having to think about it. Isn't this this schism really active directory when we, as soon as we get into sort of modern practices is what if you don't have AD for those devices? Yeah. Oh, that that's the whole thing, right? And mm-hmm. I think for some folks, it gets confusing with regards to what is on-prem AD versus what is Azure Active Directory, right. AAD. Like, I think people kind of immediately get hinked up right, right there and trying to understand what the two things are. Like, the on-prem Active Directory gives you like your on-prem identity, and it comes along with group policy for the ride. Like, you get free policy management for the ride. That's actually not how it works in the modern system. In the modern system land, you have to get some kind of cloudy service that would be like Azure Active Directory. There are competitors to to that right. that are similar from you know other services. And then you have to bolt on or marry to to get policy-like things an MDM service. And MDM being mobile device management, which is a yeah. totally separate area that grew up long before we really even tried to merge these two things. I mean, I think back to IBM's tools, but as soon as the the senior execs wanted to use iPads. We had this problem. That's right. <laughs> you could argue that. <laughs> I think you said it exactly right. If it wasn't for iPhones and iPads, we wouldn't probably even have this MDM thing. Well, and it was. We could argue with regular employees that wanted to use that device. Where I found it, just the conversation stopped, is when the CTO showed up and said, "I'm going to be using the iPad for looking at the quarterly reports. Make it work." Not just make it work, make it so that if I leave it in the back of the taxi, that those quarterly reports can't be seen by the bad guys. Exactly. Like, that's the key thing. Yeah. So, MDM is not just mobile device management, okay? And let's, in fact, let's, why don't we take a two-second break to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So, MDM stands for, in practice, mobile device management. That's when you buy an MDM service and marry it to your Azure Active Directory and so on. But it also has a kind of a second meaning which is modern device management, ah, okay. Okay. which is kind of handy, which is really, you know, it's a very handy... Well, and it's broadening the topic then. It is broadening yeah. the topic. And that's the whole point, right? So you hit it right on the head, right? So when the CTO or whoever said, hey, I want to use an iPad to be mobile and have some management around this and be able to nuke it from afar, well, Windows is like, okay, well, let's think about this. If people are starting to use this for their, for their iPads and such, how do we marry it such that we have a unified platform to, toward modern management for everything? So MDM gives us the ability to manage not just, say, your iPhone, iPad, Android, and so on. Now it's got this additional kind of additional way to manage the heck out of Windows settings directly as well. Well, and we do have a batch of Windows boxes now that won't run AD. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean... 10S? 10S, Windows on ARM. I don't have... Have have you played with a Windows on ARM device yet? Not not the new ones. I mean, I played with the old ones back in the Win 8 days, but... Apparently, they're pretty nifty. Like, they'll last, like, all day long, and they're always on, and you could just hop from... It's, like, a incredible battery life, and it'll run damn near everything. That's what they say, anyway. So, that's interesting. 
HoloLens, Windows 10 IoT, all these things that they can't domain join, or I guess I guess won't domain join is really more specific. And so therefore, the only integration, if you want to manage a HoloLens or Windows on ARM or Windows 10S or Windows IoT device, is going to be through MDM. So that gives people this idea of this, well, I've got traditional management for machines that I want to do things that I want to do the way that I already know how, and a parallel universe for modern management for devices that, well, are kind of modern or even maybe things that don't even exist yet. Like, who knows? Maybe there's going to be a brain scan device that you can wear on your brain. I don't know. Whatever. It's going to keep happening. I mean, that's without a doubt. Yeah, right. I mean, look, look, you, you know, it's the Star Trek stuff is going to right around the bend. <laughs> I think when we got to the cell phone, we got to the Star Trek stuff. Yeah, that's Star Trek. That's the whole thing. Yeah, we're already living in science fiction. Like, yeah. It's been true for a while. You just have to manage it. So what we're driving at is that you get kind of a one-stop unified shop to manage all these things. It's a little bit hanky with in terms of like, you want to set your password policy across everything. What does eight character passwords mean to a HoloLens? Uh, I actually don't know the answer. Yeah. But that's the idea anyway. That and eight character passwords make me cry. (laughs) Just can you put it with like three character extra specials? I'll I'll give you that. (laughs) Save me. Yeah, you know, use a password manager, start at 20, complain when they won't allow 20. <laughs> Sorry, there's a little anger there. Uh, but I, I like your parallel universe's example, but near the two shall meet, like they're literally separate. You're, you've got your AD devices and your non-AD devices? No, no, you don't have to. I mean, it's just one option. Okay? Right. There, there is another option. In fact, you can, starting with uh, one or two Windows versions ago, you can actually use group policy itself, if you're so inclined, to bootstrap your machine into enrolling into an MDM service. Interesting. Yep. So if you wanted to, you could say, look, I've got I've got a collection of machines that are always on the go, and those machines I want to make sure are being utilized with my Intune or, you know, my mobile iron or whatever the heck service you want. Right. And bingo. You've kind of force auto-enrolled this gaggle of machines. You don't have to do it for everybody. And now now you've sort of have this hybrid method of where you can have some machines be in the universe one, some machines be in universe two, or some machines kind of maybe getting managed by by both entities. That's a thing you could do too. I love that. And give me one moment here for this very important message. Mobile device management is up and running and helping you stay managed with PCs on the go. But you need to be doing everything you can to make your Windows PCs more secure. You've got domain-joined and non-domain-joined PCs, and you need power, real power. Luckily, you've got Policy Pack. Policy Pack increases your Windows security for your on-prem and roaming PCs. Remove local admin rights, manage all the security settings in your browsers and Java, and tame Windows 10 start screens and taskbar. Got machines out in the field without the latest group policy settings? Then use Policy Pack Cloud or your own MDM service to deploy real group policy settings to those machines only with Policy Pack. Get your free trial today and learn the secret weapon that hundreds of admins use to manage and secure their Windows 7 and 10 desktops on-premises and out in the field. Head out to policypack.com to get started today. Policy Pack, securing your standards. And we're back. It's Richard Campbell on Run As Radio talking to my friend Jeremy Moskowitz about mobile device management. In fact, no, modern device management. There you go. You've drunk the Kool-Aid. You're in the club. I'm, I'm on board. No, I like this a lot because I think, generally speaking, as an operations guy, I hate adding more software to my repertoire of things I need to pay attention to. And so, 
but this isn't a one size fits all. Like we are talking about more stuff, just hopefully all looking from one console. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. Different people are going to find different reasons for different technology. I mean, look, is there a single way to do a single, to do multiple things in technology? No, you have to have the right tool for the right job for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. I would not argue that somebody should say and stay traditionally 100% for all cases. And I would definitely not argue that somebody should jump to MDM and whole hog for all of their cases either. And nor would I also argue that somebody should should be completely hybrid for all their scenarios either. Sure. A person, you are hired as an IT professional to analyze the snot out of this and figure out what scenarios are required for the types of machines you want to manage. If those scenarios make more sense for traditional management, if those scenarios make more sense for hybrid management, or if those scenarios make more sense for total modern management, then you pick the right scenario for the right job. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's very fair. There was one right way. We would be using it. The fact that we're not is a pretty clear proof that there isn't one right way. Is there one right way to lose weight? No, no. No, because if there was, we would all be doing it. (laughs) Very, very true. So, you know, you just got to pick the flavor that makes sense for you. And the fact that there is more flavors, I think, is part of the challenge for folks in general. That's true. And we all have to learn that there are new things and always new techniques for doing opening up and widening some new scenarios. For sure. I do think it is a challenge in that respect. How do you feel about group policy adoption in general? Because I I do think there's plenty of AD-only places or sort of traditional sites that still never really use it all that much. Uh, Group policy adoption, actually, uh, I find it to be pretty awesome. I find that many organizations have used it either exactly the way it was designed or a little bit too much. In other words, like they actually are a little bit overrun. Uh, I got this hammer and I'm whacking everything. (laughs) Either that or they have what I call the too many freaking GPOs problem, right? (laughs) How many is too many, Jeremy? Well, there's not a right number, but if I had to squint and if actually you put, you know, put electrodes up to me or something, I'd probably say around 200 is probably too many. Wow. That's a lot. It just depends. I mean, like, that may not be too many to another kind of organization. Or if it's really well managed, it doesn't have to be. Right. But long story short, I I have seen very good usage of group policy. It's a well-worn track now, right? It's been around for 18 years. If if we start with Windows 2000, we can say 20 years before Windows 2000 came out. So it's been around quite a long time. I like to say that every group policy problem that has ever existed has probably been documented somewhere by somebody, mm-hmm. and there's advantage to that. Well, and a non-trivial number of them by you, as I recall, too. When I go search on this stuff, your name comes up a lot. <laughs> well, I'm grateful that that's true. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like I have seen people use it perfectly. I've seen people use it, overrun it, mm-hmm. but generally people are using it as designed. And un- unfortunately, for better or for worse, MDM has a lot of great new scenarios, but there's not a lot of data yet about error conditions. So, ah. like, if you're trying to do searching right now for, like, you know, some enrollment problem or some, you know, hybrid connection thing, good luck finding the, the needle in the haystack, so to speak. It's really hard to find somebody who's, like, actually tread over that path and actually described it to a T. That is a little bit of a challenge with sure. moving to MDM and modern management right now. Is that just not everybody's been down that path yet, so not every problem has been solved and well worn. If I'm a good user of group policy in my domain join stuff, and I'm starting to introduce MDM, am I looking at literally recreating all that policy in a new tool? No. In fact, I, I'm really glad you fell right into the trap that a lot of ad- admins think about when they think sure. about this. They think, okay, well, I've got group policy. 
how do I gear up and there's the chasm and I'm going to jump over to that <laughs> new world. And I, that's not the goal. Okay. That is not the actual goal. The real goal is to go back to what we just talked about a couple clicks ago is to find the new scenario you want to achieve and light up that scenario in the new world. Okay. Does that make sense? So the hybrid option versus the modern option. It's less about hybrid and more about designing for my new need as opposed to ripping and replacing my existing way of doing things. So it's like, maybe there will be some parallels. By way of example, maybe I need to remove access to the control panel for everybody because I have naughty users that don't that like like to mess up my life. Sure. Great. That's a scenario that works perfectly in traditional and also in modern management. But maybe maybe something like remove those little goofy button things from Windows 8.0 and 8.1 on the right-hand side. Well, right. that doesn't have a thing anymore in Windows 10. Hmm. So why would we want to replace that as a thing we want to accomplish in modern land? Mm-hmm. So some things don't exist in modern land, comma, for good reason. They don't exist anymore. Right. Yeah, they've got, they've already come and gone. Your better answer is get eight out of your life. Get eight out of your life or find out, what, like take an inventory of what you're trying to do, not at a settings level, more as a, at a scenario level and decide, is this scenario worth converting over? Now, right. of course, scenarios underneath the hood, of course, are going to have settings. And there are some some things we could talk about around settings. The first thing is that Microsoft does have a tool called MMAT, MMAT, which is a little kind of a scripty-like thing that will kind of read your existing group policy settings and spit out correlated MDM settings. Because it's not a it's not a smart utility. It's just a can a particular setting make it there? And it will give you red, yellow, and green. About green settings will definitely make it there. Yellow, maybe, and then red is like forget about it, like that Windows 8.1 flippity bit thing that doesn't exist in Windows 10 anymore. Now, by MMAT, you're talking about the MDM migration analysis tool? That's right. The okay. MDM migration analysis tool, exactly. So, it, it will it will give you a analysis of, do these settings make it there? Now, it's not about scenarios. Right. It's not about scenarios. It's just about raw settings. Right. That's what you pay us the big bucks for, right? That's what they pay <laughs> IT admins to do, is to analyze the actual scenarios and say, okay, a scenario that we had was ABC. Underneath the setting, underneath the hood are these settings, P, D, and Q. And then does that scenario still make sense in a modern world? Oh, it does? Then maybe we can convert some of those settings over. Oh, it doesn't? Hey, great. We'll leave those behind and we'll implement a new way to do that thing in a modern world. So I'm thinking about, you know, often folks haven't thought, if you live in a pure AD world with group policy, you haven't thought a lot about scenarios because you don't have very many. They're either all desktop machines and maybe you have a few roaming laptops that are VPN joined back to the AD. Yeah, and different people may have organized their on-prem AD in different ways. Some people I see will just say like, you will get all exactly the same settings, no questions asked, everybody gets exactly the same thing. But I've also seen as equally common, the sales team gets the sales things, the marketing team gets the marketing things, you know, and each of those would be a scenario that you would have to then decide like, okay, let's analyze the sales team and see how they're doing their work and how can we make sure that they are most effective and then take those things, convert the scenario into settings and then see if the settings are something that you want to do in, in MDM land. And the thing is, is that if it's not a thing, then this, this is a whole other road we can get down is what do you do if your setting isn't there in MDM land, right? So on the one hand, each version of Windows is getting a little bit better about finding those scenarios that people have described that they need, and each version of Windows is going to have some new additional settings. Right. And when they do have that, MMAT will spit back out 
look at that. You lit up some new settings that existed in group policy land that you can now implement in MDM land. So MMAT will help you with that each and every time Windows is updated. Which is remarkably often as we let off with the show. <laughs> so yeah. And they do. They do a good job of keeping that up to date. And I got to think all the obvious ones, the remote wipes and things like that, that's all handled. Like there's solutions for that. This is the more subtle stuff. This is the I only want this particular browser to be used or, you know, these features are no longer available. Is that really where we are? Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, there's those ADMX settings. There's mm-hmm. all those 4,000 or 5,000 beautiful look and feel settings that people have committed to for a long, long time. And the way that the MDM structure works at Microsoft is that each thing, each knob and area that is enabled is what I call curated by Microsoft. They literally... Before they commit to taking on a new setting in MDM land, they're like, okay, we're all going to have a big group hug here at the team. Yep, this is a setting, which is really a scenario that we've agreed is something that customers feel like they need in the new MDM world. And we're committed to making sure that this setting works. Right. But then there's also going to be all those settings that just have no way to get there, that may never get there, that the MDM team has no intention of taking on because mm-hmm. they may not ever curate it. And right. that that could be a problem. But I think this is how we as IT folks speak to that CTO or that, that business owner about the risks we're taking on as this diversity and scenario starts to expand. This is the scenario. This is how we normally treat things. Here is our gap. Is that an acceptable gap? Yeah. Another analogy that I like to use here is, uh, for better or for worse, I'm, I'm still noodling around this analogy, so forgive me if this is not fully formed. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that I like to think about your on-prem infrastructure as sort of like a mansion with horse stables. Right. And, and you had everything for everyone that you could ever do. And now MDM is like a really great condo. Right. And nothing wrong with a condo. Condos are great. It has some upsides and some downsides. Yeah. The upside is there's a security guard at the front gate. The upside is if the plumbing has a problem, you just call a guy and plumbing is fixed. They'll move in your furniture for you, like all sorts of great things. But there are constraints. You can't have your horse stables at your condo anymore. That's not a thing. And so you may have to make do with less, like by design. You may have to make do with less. Now, that could be an advantage Mm -hmm. for you. Again, all sorts of scenarios that only made sense for domain join things may not make sense for non-domain join. May not actually be relevant. That's it. That's the whole point. So again, as IT professionals, it's our job. That's what they pay us for to figure out the scenarios that, that we want to enlighten in modern land and then craft that experience using an MDM tool. Yeah, totally makes sense. And we does it matter what MDM tool? Are we primarily talking about Azure's identity stuff or is it? do you like what mass has done over on the IBM side? You know, the ones that I'm most familiar with, admittedly, the ones I've had my hands on mostly is Intune, Mm -hmm. is the MDM service. I've also spent a lot of time with what used to be called AirWatch and is now called Workspace One and MobileIron. It's not to say that the other tools like Soti and Meraki and Mass, all those guys aren't amazing as well. In fact, you could also argue that underneath the hood, they're all pushing the same buttons, right? This is like one of the best kept secrets about MDM is that they can only do what they can do. In other words, the MDM platform has established what's possible in the world, and then these things have different UIs to push the little buttons that make the thing go. Now, that being said, different services have extended things here and there. Like at Ignite, there was a little announcement about, now you can deploy Win32 apps. Well, how do they do that? What's the magic trick? Why can can Intune deploy Win32 apps, but you can't do that with ABC's MDM or something like that? 
Well, you can extend your MDM if you want to through third-party means. And actually, they literally call it the MDM management extension. And it lets you do two things. It lets you run PowerShell scripts, and it lets you deploy these Win32 applications. Right. And that's actually something that we do at PolicyPack. We actually help people embrace more stuff in their MDM by letting them introduce PolicyPack as an extension into MDM. And we got to talk a little bit about policy pack as the half hour runs down because, you know, you've been working on this thing for forever. Was it always about filling the gaps in group policy? It's about filling the gaps in whatever management tool you are currently using, Mr. Customer, right? Right. So, for instance, like if you're using group policy, great. All of the tooling and all the magic that we have will make group policy more awesome. If you have an MDM service, great. All of the tooling and all the magic will hook into your MDM service to make it more awesome. And if you have nothing at all, we have this thing called Policy Pack Cloud. It's mostly for MSPs, but we also have plenty of IT professional customers there as well. The idea is that they don't want to get into group policy or any kind of on-prem thing. They don't want to buy up to a big MDM service, and they need something in the middle. So we provide something called Policy Pack Cloud for that. Just sort of a lightweight way to get in if they want to get in. Yeah, it's basically group policy in the cloud. Right, which is interesting all by itself. Group policy is a service? That's the gist. Group policy is a service, and we call that policy pack cloud. That's cool. Uh, I I like it a lot. So given a traditional sort of AD environment, looking at managed MDM, is there something policy pack can do for me to help me get to MDM? Yeah, absolutely. And remember, MDM team isn't trying to take on all of group policies, settings, and functions. Sure. It's just not what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're trying to open up brand new, amazing scenarios. No problem. No problem. So for instance, if you want to, right now you want to drop a shortcut on somebody's desktop or whatever, well, that's that's hard to do unless you want to make your own script. Well, good news. Policy Pack will let you take any Microsoft ADMX setting, group policy preferences setting, or group policy security setting, lets you snap it off and get it deployed using your MDM service. Cool. We've been able to do that for a long time. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's great. And again, it's ways to get your toes wet, sort of step into those sorts of things. Yeah. Jeremy, always a pleasure to talk to you. I think you worry about the right things in this space. You know, you're my go-to expert when it comes to dealing with policy issues and, and this evolution of Active Directory. Do you feel like AD's going away or going anywhere? We've got Server 2019 coming along now. It looks like there's AD in that. No chance that AD is being turned off anytime soon. I mean, look, every single company you know is using on-prem Active Directory. Sure. And I think that people are brave and it's exciting that there's a new, more streamlined way to manage stuff where the client is is talking to the server directly as opposed to having an intermediary like domain controller to do it. Right. I, I see the advantage in doing that, but I think I think that there's very low chance that these two technologies will not be running in parallel the way they are correctly doing it right now for a very long time. My sense is decades. The compute itself will radically transform before AD will radically fade. Yeah. I think people are very safe in maintaining their existing infrastructure, finding where MDM will open up interesting scenarios. Like I'm sure everybody's heard of this idea called autopilot where you can drop ship a new machine and turn it on and holy moly, it puts itself together. That is a great scenario, something you can't do with on-prem. And that would be a cool scenario for people who need that, but perfectly safe doing traditional as well. So a nice nice idea of having this parallel universe thing we talked about a couple of minutes ago. Absolutely. Jeremy Moskowitz, always fun to talk to you, my friend. Thanks, man. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. (laughs) 